0: The following is a Breaks Media podcast. You are now listening to the best podcast in the world The Awakened Soul, hosted by my dad.
1: to episode 75 of The Awakened Soul. The first thing we want to do is we want to send a thank you out to our veterans. Um, As you guys know both of my parents did serve in the military so definitely want to just send welcome and shout outs to anyone who's serving in the armed forces who has served. We thank you for your sacrifice um, from The Awakened Soul. We just we really appreciate everything that you guys are doing for our country and our people and everything moving on from that we are at episode 75 of the awakened so that is 75 episodes well at least the number of episodes including special episodes we're right at 80 episodes in under a year and a half and that is in big part due to you guys and your support and just keeping me motivated um before we get into the show proper i'm trying to get better at doing this i want to plug the show social media so you want to follow the awakened soul at the awakened soul just type it in you'll find us you also want to send us any feedback questions comments concerns the awakened soul pod at com. we are currently still in the middle of taking in emails voicemails uh messages if you want to send those regarding Europeans on white privilege does it exist does it not if so why or why not um we want everyone's opinion on uh no matter what side of the spectrum you fall on on this topic um we're trying to make this one of our biggest episodes yet the um, Andrew Bella will be returning for that episode. He's actually on this one. So you guys will hear him on this episode. But I feel like the topic of white privilege is one that has so many different perspectives and points of view on it that even if I did a panel discussion with 10 other people, we may not hit it, all, hit it all. So I wanted to get as many opinions from as many people as I can about it. Um, so if you want your actual voice heard, you can send in that voicemail. Just want your thoughts read. Definitely send in the email. Again, that email is the wake and pod. At gmail.com We're going to go ahead and get into our intro music now And on the other side of that we're going to jump right in To the Mind of Hayes segment this week I'll see you guys there
0: Face, face. You know you got it.
1: Welcome to my dark and twisted mind, which this week not so dark, not so twisted either. We're actually gonna be talking about some of the fallout from the midterm elections from this past week. Uh, but before we do that, let's go ahead and send a thank you out to Dan on Drugs, who came through last week on the Awakened Soul, dropping some knowledge. Uh he definitely had a mic drop moment. That that's that's all we're going to say about that. If you didn't listen to it, go back and listen to last week's episode. It's in the very first couple of minutes of the episode. Um, Dan had the opening that week. It's just a great segment. Um, even though, you know, in that segment, he talked about the importance of voting and why you should go out and vote. Yes, that time has passed now for some people. We'll talk about that some too as well. Um, but definitely go and listen to it. It's definitely motivating. Definitely, ho- hopefully, it helped. A lot of people um, just set that mood and and learn the importance of voting. Hopefully, the whole show did. But to go back into the midterm elections from this past week, we had a lot of first in this past week, and that's what we're going to mainly talk about in the minor hay segment. We're not going to break down all the races. Um, You'll get some of that next week, Um, but we're going to focus this week on the first that happened in this past midterm election. We had the first Muslim woman elected to Congress, and that is Rashida Tlaib. I believe that's how you pronounce it. Um, Elected to Congress. Just amazing. Um, And also Ilan Omar, first uh, Muslim woman elected to Congress. So that's just it's crazy because I, I would have just assumed that that's happened before, but clearly it didn't. And I know. Um, as we, as we continue to read, it's, it was a lot of first, um, and a lot of these were for women and that goes hopefully to show a lot of the progression that we're having in our voting as a society, as a culture. Um, and, and again, the importance of voting, we had the first openly lesbian woman elected to the to mayor's office in Florida. That is Terry Johnston. She won with 66% of the vote. We had the first openly gay governor in US history um, with Jared Polis. And then we also had the first Native American woman elected to Congress as well with Sharice Davids and Deb Holland. So again, just just a bunch of firsts in this in this week's election. We also had the first black congresswoman in Massachusetts and Pressley. Presley. So just all those firsts, and that's not all of them. So I I I didn't want to completely dominate and take over. Um, just talking about first. Again, we're going to be talking about some of the fallout from the elections overall next week. But just what an amazing just set of firsts and the women showed out and showed up uh, this week. And it's been a g- very great um, progressive week for women in, in politics. And so hopefully that continues. Um, also coming in from this uh, midterm election, we're going to move on from first. Now we're going to talk about Florida passing Amendment four, which is restored the voting rights of people convicted of felonies. So that is over a million people, 40 percent of black men in Florida having their voting rights restored. That's that is just an amazing feel good um, vote. And apparently they're going to need it. So you know, some of the races still are undecided. There's there's still some fallout to be had here um, from from these elections, from these midterms. But voting and I and I can't stress enough how good it was to see so many people vote, so many people taking interest, a true interest in voting and so many people wanting to get change done. Um, So as we talked about last week on the episode, the Democrats did take over the House of Representatives. The Republicans maintained um, majority in the Senate. All that was to be expected. Um, So how this is going to affect the White House going forward, how is it going to affect just our government and laws and things that that are being made and, and try to be passed will we'll remain the same we'll talk about that fallout as it happens but overall this is just it's it's it was good to see as many young people especially in in my age group especially a little bit younger take such a pride in voting and and actually intelligent voting not just voting blindly there are so many conversations to be had about the fallout and um the races and everything that i'm just really proud of of People in general, and while a lot of the results weren't quite what I would have wanted, weren't, and that's that's going to be in every um, election, every voting period. But the key thing is, is that people are taking notice now of politics. People are actually paying attention, paying close attention, educating themselves, getting to learn. I know for me personally, I didn't understand the importance of a midterm election for the. For, it, it, p- probably just the last four years or so, eight years or so of my life, I've really understood what the midterm elections are. And so us having this turnout, we got to keep this going. We got to prepare for the presidential election, but we also, now we have people who have the interest and now we need to foster that in other people. We need to keep that going, uh, knowing the importance of these elections. And that's just what I wanted to talk about in the minor haze, the importance of the election. So we talked about the first, we talked about um, Florida and, and Amendment Four, which I definitely wanted to get to, but voting—it's definitely important. Talk to, let's start having these conversations. Let's keep this going. Let's just not have it now. We need to keep having these conversations for the next two years, preparing for the next presidential election. Let's stay educated, people. That's it. That's that's my rant. That's the end of my haze for this week. We're gonna go ahead and take a break and play a commercial from one of my favorite podcasts. That is Black Law and legalize the family over there because they are family, and then. No unpopular opinion this week because Sharnice is out six. She did not show up for work. So you guys send all your well wishes to Sharnice. But after that, you're going to get a convo between me and the Andrew Bellow discussing the Marvel Netflix universe. See you guys after this.
0: What's up, everybody? This is Dan, aka Dan on Drugs. And I am Afro Becky, aka Afro Becky. And we are the Black Law and Legal Lies Podcast, a weekly legal podcast for the culture. Each week, we have conversations with our co host, Anne, a licensed and practicing slash ratchet ass attorney, as well as myself, a rehabilitated criminal. And our lovely, esteemed moderator, Afro Becky. Most of our topics are legal in nature, and we discuss them in a relatable way. We release new episodes every Tuesday. Yo, you can find us anywhere podcasts are available. Or you can find us on social media at Black Law Podcast. So check us out. Or don't. Hey! What? Sometimes people do like the opposites.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this is, it, we haven't had an MCU or MCNU discussion, I think, since the Idol Wars episode, which was my Infinity War review. So it's been this has been a long time coming. And if anyone knows, anyone's been paying attention, the only person who's as passionate about the MCU is the Andrew Bello. So he's here tonight. What's going on, Andrew?
2: I am very, very happy to be back here on The Awakened Soul and uh, happy to talk about Marvel. Unfortunately, just as I was saying to you right before... You hit the button, you know, hit the record button here. Um, This is sort of a sad MCU kind of story that we're about to tell here. Um, I've been a big fan of all the Marvel Netflix series. Uh, We kind of coined the MCNU here on this show, for that matter. I don't know that anyone else is referring to it as that, but we are. And uh, unfortunately, it kind of got almost cut in half here recently. And uh, it's a bummer.
1: Yeah, and I don't know if, like, now looking back at it, the fact that we got Luke Cage, Iron Fist, and Daredevil all kind, all that close to each other, now I kind of feel cheated. I feel like they knew what they were doing, so they just kind of got it all out the way. Um, but maybe that's a conspiracy theory of mine. But, yeah, it sucks, man, because a lot of these shows were really starting to hit their stride. Um, well, Iron Fist is really the only one to kind of have a rough first season. And even on a rewatch, I yeah. don't it wasn't as bad as i remember on the rewatch um but it just it it sucks and daredevil season three was amazing from start to finish so uh right as of right now it looks like we have jessica jones season three which we may not get that because i don't think that's actually started filming yet but punisher season two has definitely been filmed so that's the only thing we're guaranteed to get right now i mean just overall we'll get into the the nitty-gritty of it um Iron Fist and Luke Cage, we'll start there. Your thoughts on where they left off. It doesn't look like they're going to be picked up because they haven't even announced it for the Disney uh, streaming service yet. What do you think
2: about these two series and how they ended? Yeah, I was super bummed, particularly about Iron Fist Um, and the Luke Cage thing. I mean, i was i was I was kind of pumped to see what season three was gonna bring with with uh, kind of Luke sort of finding a little bit of a dark side, almost a necessary evil to his persona in order to kind of control Harlem the way that it I guess he feels he needs to. And um, and then obviously, with Iron Fist was just season one was. I guess it really depends so much on how into the Iron Fist character you were as somebody who didn't read the comics. Like, I actually didn't think it was terrible. I just thought it was definitively the worst of all the season ones of the Netflix series that we've had with Marvel. And then uh, season two was bonkers. And it just, like, it, it opened so many doors. Uh, when When they initially canceled these two shows, my initial thought was, okay, then they can do... Heroes for Hire and Daughters at the Dragon and split Colleen and Misty off one way and Danny and Luke off the other. And they can kind of continue these two series, fill those voids, keep all these same actors, just reformat the shows in that way. And there's been absolutely no whisper of any of that happening. So I'm sort of sad about it.
1: Yeah. And that's, of course, what I think a lot of people went to when it was those two that got canceled. Um, And then like Mike Coulter, who plays Luke Cage, had this this post where it really seemed like he was saying goodbye to the character. Um, I still think that there may be a chance, maybe, maybe there's something contractually to where Disney can't announce it. I know that it has come out that um they at least the way that the contract worked, they wouldn't be able to directly reference anything in the seasons that's that's already happened unless Marvel works out a deal to kind of buy the rights there. Um now that's not stopping them from recasting these Mike Coulter and I keep, I keep forgetting the guy who played Danny Rand, his actual Finn, name,
2: Finn Jones.
1: Yeah, Finn Jones. To recast them as the characters into in something they're going to do in their own universe, but as of right now, by everything that's been released, it just seems like it's really dead. And I, I hate man. It's it really feels like like this as much as like Inhumans got canceled. I think that was like the first Marvel TV property that got canceled. I never was really as attached to what I am with these characters and it just it it sucks and I guess the only caveat, you know what, we'll wait to talk because I, I want to kind of make that its own discussion. We'll talk about that later on. But um, anything you have left to say about those two specifically before we kind of move on in, into some other stuff?
2: Maybe not those two specifically, but just something that, that just to take into account and kind of pepper over this whole conversation as I was reading a bunch of articles, watching a bunch of videos when this happened to see, I was like desperately clinging to that hope that they might reopen it as the you know Daughters of the Dragon and, and Heroes for Hire. So I was kind of looking for that new. And I came across one video on YouTube where a guy was explaining how they how they structured the contracts with these series and these actors more specifically. So they did Luke Cage and they did Iron Fist, but when they originally did all of these shows, they only signed them to a one-series deal. So when the series became a success, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage had, had certainly buzz when it first opened up, um, you know, then... The next season, these actors are these characters now, and you need to re-sign them to deals so their agents, rightfully so, hold the studios up for a bunch more money. If you want Michael Coulter back to play Luke Cage, it's going to cost you twice what it cost you for season one. And so instead of signing them to multi-year deals and really going all in on the Marvel thing, which how could you not have possibly thought this was going to make you money um, You know, to, for for the long term, they they kind of sacrificed that, And and now if Disney wants to even pick them up in that way... I think it would cost them too much to do with that, you know, for, for them to do that. So maybe, you know, Daredevil, Jessica Jones and Punisher kind of stay on Netflix and everything else gets rebranded, re, you know, refreshed new actors, new everything on the Disney streaming service. And they can attempt to maybe re- reacquire Daredevil or Jessica Jones down the line. Um, but Disney's going to win this battle cause they have the much deeper pockets. So ultimately they'll take the Netflix rights from, you know, the Marvel Netflix rights from Netflix cause they'll just write a big enough check if they really want it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think on top of that, like, and that's Netflix is doing this thing, um, overall now where they're canceling a lot of things that they don't like outwardly own. Um, and between that and a lot of, lot of, because every, all these other streaming services are popping up, like Disney's having their own CBS is having their own, um, there was there was talk about nbc i think having having their own too so that's another thing that netflix it looks like they're doing is that anything that they don't just own the characters the rights to everything outright they're they're weaning off and they're that's why you see so many new programs pop up on netflix because now there are properties that netflix owns the license directly to or owns the characters outright and they can move forward that way um and that that's that, that's something that I want to have towards the end of this about all these streaming services and everything we we definitely have to have a conversation about that but sure. to bring it back to to marvel do you do you think now with the disney streaming service starting um and they've already announced a low key movie um they're doing something with i think uh scarlet witch as well so they're doing characters from the actual movie side of the MCU but maybe they want all these characters back because as much as the netflix universe was kind of aligned with the mcu they never were directly referenced in the movies so do you think now we can move over to something to where these characters can pop up on that ne- on this disney streaming service and now we can actually have them more in tune referenced in the movies maybe even characters pop up in the films do you think that's the route they may be going with this and that's why we're getting these cancellations
2: um, It's possible. Um, I would think the Daredevil would be the one that they would want, like first and foremost, especially considering the success of the series. Um, but maybe they were able to, you know, just work out a deal and get Luke Cage and Iron Fist and they can kind of operate a Heroes for Hire in New York, like, uh, you know, under the shadow of Avengers Tower and kind of really go all in and draw that connection the way that they never did the first time around. And sure, they might have to recast Luke and, and Danny, but whatever, they'll do it and they'll make it work. Um, but I do like the idea of them doing these shows for some of the, the smaller characters, Loki, Scarlet Witch, there's talk of them doing a Nick Fury series, which if they can do like a, they're going to give me 10 episodes of Samuel L. Jackson dropping motherfuckers like, yes, yeah, sign me (laughs) up. Um, so I mean, I'm definitely going to be into something like that. And if they do start incorporating some of these other shows into it, that's great. Um, another thing that I was thinking about, too, is that there, there was rumors that Netflix was going to start expanding its Marvel universe at one point. And then almost like, you know, Thanos snapped his fingers and half of the MCNU just disappeared. And maybe they could even make a reference to that in Jessica Jones or or De- Daredevil in some way where it's like they actually address the snap. And that's why Luke Cage and Danny are gone.
1: <laughs> I would love that. That would actually that would make my day if they did something like that. That would be amazing. Um. It's as far as like, uh, and it's funny because the characters that that you mentioned, um, that well, that Netflix still have Jessica Jones, Daredevil, and Punisher. As of right now, those are the ones that you would think would especially could because they're all well, Punisher and Daredevil are highly connected to the Kingpin, who is connected to Spider Man, um, yep. in in the in the comics. So you would think those would be the ones Marvel's want to Marvel want to bring back first, but also. I mean those have to be probably the biggest ones for Netflix and even now there's been reports that Daredevil season 3 has only had half the viewership of the first two seasons which is surprising because this is the the best season uh to me so far but yeah it's wow it's you thought it was thing. the best one I I loved it so and here's why I thought it was the best one I th- well okay I feel like it was the best story the story of Bullseye Who and this is the way that I look at it and the way that they kind of told on the story daredevil was a brawler So he wants to get close to you when he fights bullseye is the exact opposite He wants to stay as far away from you so he can he can throw shit at you or shoot shit at you, whatever So I I I don't know I love the story of how it all came together in the three-way fight at at the end of the season Like I just feel like they told a great story there and maybe that's what had me so twine and then of course like kingpin is just perfectly casted like i don't care oh, yeah. what they Perfect. do you can you can almost never recast him
2: <laughs> no yeah he's another one and and uh when within the mcnu uh john barenthal as punisher too like yeah. netflix cut the check locked this guy down for two three seasons have him go in and out of all the other shows you know and um there was other characters too like from iron fist and luke cage that i would have loved to like I, I was waiting for an episode where like Frank is contracted to shoot Luke and like, you know, the bullet bounces off of him, And now, you know, the guy who can shoot you from a million different ways up against the guy that can't be shot, you know, like, if you have some sort of angle like that, um, there was another one too. Oh, Mary Walker from, um, and, and Dex for that matter from, uh, from Daredevil season three to see them interacting with Punisher. Like that would be fantastic. So, they they got another 2 3 seasons out of that alone without even adding new characters into it if they sign these people to longer term deals or at least like multi episode deals like sign Alice Eve to a 6 episode deal and pepper her in between the series like that's i think that's maybe more of the approach is trying as far as trying to salvage what they have left of it if that's their intention at all
1: yeah yeah i mean okay so what what do you think would be the the death nail like that will tell you that this is over with to me if they cancel daredevil then i know it's done like if daredevil can't survive on netflix everything the whole thing falls apart
2: i yeah i mean well part of the issue with daredevil season three is it took forever like from season two to season three i feel like there was a long layover and you really needed to watch defenders which i don't blame most people for not watching honestly because having gone back and watched it a couple times and actually kind of reappreciated it in, you know, more so than I did uh, the first couple passes through, it's still not that great. And it's, it's a lot of integral part of the, of the Matt Murdoch story is in that eight episodes. And if you didn't watch it going into season three, you're probably like lost. Like he, you start off the first episode, think of, like, you know, think of, like, the middle-aged housewife who's watching the show as opposed to, like, somebody like you or I, and maybe they heard about it, they like it, oh, Matt Murdock's cute, whatever, they're watching the show, and they're not they're not going to go online and research and find out what happened in the Defenders, they don't know what the Defenders are, unless Netflix did a good enough job of drawing that line for them, which, you know, they don't really do a lot of, like, advertising, per se, on Netflix for their own stuff, uh, other than, obviously, it's right there in front of you when you sign on, but, um... I don't know, man. I just think there's because they couldn't get these seasons out fast enough. And frankly, they're all shooting within the same universe. They could have been filming like season after season right on top of one another and really condensed it down and given us a lot of um, a lot of shorter seasons even, too, because some of these episodes like 13 episodes for Luke Cage season two. I think that's sort of where I lost it. I was like, Ugh. you know, we're like we're, we're, or maybe we're season one with Iron Fist, too too many episodes so um i don't know i went on a bit of a rant there what were we talking about <laughs> no, you're,
1: you're perfectly fine i was <laughs> i asked if if you know them canceling daredevil would be the death nail but you oh you yeah that, that would too. be it something that i would love to see and i it the, the idea honestly just came to me and maybe this is kind of maybe the disney streaming service goes this way maybe the netflix goes this way with what they have but rather than have a daredevil show a punisher show why don't we just get a Marvel Universe show? And you can have like you can have a a a three episode Daredevil arc, and then go into a three a three episode Jessica Jones arc, then go into a three episode Co- Colleen Wick. Like, wh- why can't you do that instead of just yeah. having these these separate thirteen episode seasons? I think that would be a much better way to a build your universe, um, and then also a better use of like like you said with the contracts. Like, just just a Marvel Universe TV show. Sign me the fuck up for that.
2: Yeah, and you could probably throw a couple bucks at, you know, some of the bigger stars to even make small cameos in them. Hey, they're going to be shooting, you know, the next Avengers movie or whatever. Maybe they can get Chris Hemsworth to swing by the studio and, uh, you know, just pop in for 30 seconds on camera time. And yeah, you can do something where you could do like long, multi-volumed like comic arcs, um, you know, like you could do Civil War like with all the tie-ins and, you know, you're over here with She-Hulk and, you know, like one weekend, you just, it runs, you can run it like a year long and you don't really need each individual star for any significant period of time more than they would for any normal series. So yeah, that would be something I'd be very interested in seeing if they could kind of tie all that stuff together. We we did it again. We just saved, we saved can. Marvel TV. The one, the one like group of guys that I want to see Like I want to see Spidey and Deadpool and Daredevil and Punisher like all kind of regularly interacting with one another. So whether it be Disney, Netflix or whoever can make that happen, somebody make it happen for me, please.
1: And that's what worries me about the Disney streaming service is that it's Disney and it's labeled. I I think they officially announced the name. It's like Disney Play or something. Maybe maybe I just read that. Maybe that was speculation. Um but it's it's late it's with the disney name so how we're not going to get the type of content we got on netflix at least i don't think now if disney surprises us and they do it more power to them, but as of right now, I don't think we're gonna we're not gonna be getting Daredevil the way that we got it on Netflix ever on the Disney streaming service.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think they're ultimately gonna have to do some level of adult content on Disney, uh, the streaming service. Like they might even just be, you know, like not like adult adult content, but obviously, you know, like R-rated kind of stuff. Um, uh, I, I think that's something that if they wanna hit a bigger market, there's just something that they're gonna have to deal with and and Disney does. You know, maybe they're doing it under another studio name, but they do all sorts of, you know, movies and stuff that aren't kid friendly and family friendly. So I think it's only a matter of time if it's not something that's initially locked in. And maybe because it's Disney, what they'll do is like when you download the streaming service, it's automatically got like a parental lock on it. You have to remove it. And then, you know, the the world is your oyster.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm just, I'm just ready for it to launch. I'm ready to see it. We got Star Wars content coming there, D- Disney content, Marvel content. Everything's coming there, so I'm just ready for it to launch. I've actually been really, really pleased with the DC streaming service. Re- like, I love Titans on there. I don't know if you got a chance to watch it or not, dude. It, yeah, I've been awesome. watching it. It's really good. Um, it is. So I, I'm, I'm just really excited for that. But that spins us into the next conversation I want to have with you. All these streaming services popping up. Um, I don't know if I want to expose us. Oh, well, me, I'll speak for me. I can't speak for you, but I, I definitely stream a lot illegally because I'm not paying for all these streaming services. Yeah, I'll second that. <laughs> I'm, I'm just not doing it. Um, but do you, what do you think that that does to the general public? Um, it was different when it was just like Netflix and Hulu. Now we have like five to six. By the end of the, by the end of 2019, I'm sure there'll be close to 20 different streaming services between everything that's launching out here. Do you think that uh, that all at all waters down as far as like being able to see great content? And I know we, we, we're privileged that we get it all and we don't have a right for it to be free or on just our normal TV subscription, but. I mean, we're already getting to the point where cutting the cord is almost a must for anyone that hasn't done it. I've done it. I suggest it to anyone.
2: But now that everything's going on, do you ever worry about missing out on any content? Uh, not particularly, no. I mean, like once in a while, I wish I could turn on the Mets game. And I can even find that if I really wanted to go out of my way to find, you know, some sort of European rerouted backstream of, of the SNY feed so that I could watch my Mets lose uh, embarrassingly in nine innings. Um, you know, they don't just lose nine, one, it's always like three, two, and it drives me just fucking crazy. So I'm, I'm sort of happy I don't have access to that on a regular basis anymore. Um, but yeah, with all the streaming services, basically what I fear happening. And, um, as a matter of fact, it's going to happen. I'll tell you this right now. Cause as we know, like all, all of media is owned or 90% of media is owned by five or six companies. And so, yeah, there'll be 20 streaming services from, you know, maybe by the end of 2019, But by the end of 2025, we'll be back down to five because it'll have expanded out to 100. All of these streaming services will be the equivalent of what we now know uh, as channels. And then some media conglomerate will come in and buy five or six of them up at a time. We'll be right back down to Disney, Fox, uh, NBC, you know, just running everything. That's that's ultimately what's going to happen is that it was something that we kind of all look at. As look at all these options that we have, and look, we could pay eight bucks a month, and we get all these movies, and we get these great series, and all I got to do is maybe buy two or three of those, and I'm set, and I got everything I want, and it's half of what a cable bill would be. It'll be right back up to a cable bill in twenty years. Like I got to go almost guarantee it.
1: Yeah, you you're right, and it makes perfect sense because, like you said, I mean, like like all the different companies and and studios that Disney owns. If
2: they all have their own streaming service, just offer a package, and then, like yeah, you said, at even, that point, even the big the big companies now own chunks of Hulu and Netflix. Like the day that you get the the, the beep beep on your phone, and it's like Disney bought Netflix. That's it. We can just say goodbye. It's going to all go right back to the way it was, except we're going to be <laughs> looking at it on our laptops. Yeah, yeah, you're 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 right there. Uh, yeah, all right. <laughs> Sorry to burst everyone's bubble.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now, last question and. Um, I had tweeted out that we were going to be talking about this and ask for questions. We, we didn't get many. We did get a lot of, they were, they were ready to hear the discussion. But one of the questions that really stuck out um, that I wanted to talk to you about who out of the, anyone who's been cast on any of these Netflix, uh, Marvel shows, would we pick to lead an MCU
2: movie? Ooh, okay. Um, wow. stuff Of all the ones, honestly, I think if, the smart money would be on either Luke Cage or Jessica Jones. As great as Daredevil is, um, we we know how media kind of works these days. Like they're going to be able to push empowered rape victim and bulletproof black man. Um, you know, in the in that way to the masses. I mean, Black Panther obviously being a huge success. There's no reason to suggest Luke Cage wouldn't be. And uh, you know, with Wonder Woman and Captain Marvel, Jessica Jones kind of following suit. It'll get pushed with that same veracity, and in that same way. Um, Daredevil doesn't really have that. There's not like a blind community out there that's dying to go get a superhero. They have him, they don't need to all go see the movies in that way. And there's not a big enough market for it to matter. Um, So I would think probably Luke Cage or Jessica Jones, if I had my druthers, uh, I'd probably say Luke Cage, because I think that you can create like a greater universe uh, around him. Jessica's very much like, even though she's just like, Wandering around hell, her little chunk of Hell's Kitchen, and she's in her apartment most of the time. Most of what goes on with Jessica Jones is like in between her ears, uh, with Kilgrave still being around and her constant struggle with, Am I a hero? Am I a murderer? This, that, and the other thing. Like, that's not something you sure you could build a movie around, but I think the movie you would build would have been the Kilgrave story, and we've seen it already. I think there's a lot of other stories they could tell with Luke.
1: I like that big. I like that a lot. Mine is a little different. I, no, I agree. I, I agree with everything you said that it, that would be perfect. Um, that can kind of, yeah, it, it kind of marks, markets itself, honestly. Like you can just see the posters and everything. He yeah. definitely has the the whole leading man look and stature uh, about him. So I can understand that. Mine would be, is mine a, Mine will never happen. Let me say that. So this pick is completely personal. I, I it has nothing to do with statistics or what makes the most business sense or anything. Are
2: you about to drop Colleen Wing on me right now?
1: I absolutely am.
2: Ah, oh, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> <laughs> my a, my minority
1: woman. She's a great actress, kicking ass m- like men. Um, she's a great martial artist. Like, I feel like if you were gonna pick anyone to to do a movie on, she has kind of everything. She looks legit in her role. And look at look at like all the female led movies that do great with women being in ass kicking roles now would that kind of step on the black widow movie some maybe but you know colleen's power she has superpowers but yeah and then um yeah bring in misty to, to kind of play the two there there you go
2: i'm actually happy you mentioned uh i always want to call her scarlet witch but her her you know scarlett johansson black widow um I had a very interesting theory. I've been watching a bunch of the movies back. I'm going to set up like a, a rewatch in order, building up to May, obviously, at some point in the near future. Is um is Black Widow like an android? I'm watching a bunch of stuff and there's a lot of suggestions. Like there's even a couple flashbacks where it's like you were made of metal. And yeah, I know it's supposed to be a metal- metaphor, but I think it would be a really crazy twist if we found out like she was like an LMD this whole time. Wow. I... I... You know, I, I
1: wouldn't even the only thing that makes me think that that's probably not a possibility is they they're basically all but officially announced that they're moving forward with a Black Widow movie. So yeah. to have I i, I don't know, I, I would I would it would be a great story. It absolutely would. I'm kind of more of the mindset that she's going to end up being a scroll and then we're going to get and then in her movie, we're going to kind of tell the backstory and it's going to end with us seeing how she got
2: replaced by the squirrel. Damn. That would be cool. Okay. All right. You know what? You sold me on that. Fuck the LMD <laughs> idea. Um, <laughs> but I do like the idea of the of the Colleen movie um especially with her really taking over that series that was uh, you and i talk about this whenever we talk about iron fist that was her show like all all you know due respect to finn jones and danny rand for that matter but that whole show was colleen wing like she was just even in the first season when it wasn't so much about her she she kind of stole the show and then you know obviously the writers caught on to that and then they made the whole second season about her basically and her becoming the iron fist or taking the heart of the dragon, uh, however you want to word it. So it's, it's upsetting that we're not going to get to see that all play out. So yeah, give me a movie. I'll take it.
1: And it's funny because if you think about it and if you kind of change the way you look at the first season, if you change it and look at it as an origin story for Colleen, yeah. it, it almost makes that whole first season, like almost all the problems go away with it. Cause my main thing with it, and he got better. Uh, Finn Jones, I think he, he got much better as Danny Rand, um, in Defenders and going into Iron Fist Season 2, but in that first season, but you hit the the nail on the head when you said that if you don't have an attachment to Danny Rand from the comics, you may not have those problems, and he just wasn't Danny Rand as I I knew him, so that was my main issue.
2: Yeah, I'm actually, I'm going back now and reading some of that stuff, or at least getting to it, it's on my, my stack over here underneath Deadpool Kills the Marvel Universe. Um, That's one of my favorite series of all time. Yeah, I've sort of been like waiting for for a real rainy day, and you'd think I would have that kind of time now that I'm currently unemployed, but nonetheless, uh, it still sits there, awaits me as I'm filling out job applications all day online, but... Um yeah, you know, it is it is what it is on that front. But uh, but Colleen um taking over that series was I mean, look, I'll fight Shao Lao the Undying for a chance at the at winning the heart of the daughter of the dragon that much, I'll tell you. <laughs> I'd
1: be right there with you, brother. Right there <laughs> with you. All right, Bello. Anything left you
2: want to talk about the MCNU, man, before we go ahead and close? Nada. no, and I'm not even gonna get in any political barbs this week. I'm just gonna just going to let it go man I yeah, we had a good yeah. nice conversation about marvel uh I'm I'm feeling all right as far as things you know I, the next i don't know 2 years are going to be just a shitstorm and uh, it just started so uh you know strap in and uh yeah, yeah, <laughs> and I'll be back be to talk prepared. about it I'm sure oh
1: yeah we'll we'll definitely be back uh you'll be back to We'll, we'll, we'll we'll be woke
2: in the stay woke segment quite a, quite a bit. It's not even, we got, we got to come up with new, I don't know. I mean, stay woke, the segment, great music, even better. Um, me as your guest, fine, perfectly fine. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Woke, we might have to, we might have to move past woke because woke Uh, is just, woke ain't woke anymore
1: oh woke ha- woke has not been woke i think since like two months after the phrase has been coined so that's um, <laughs> true i
2: guess it depends on when you picked up on it and how often you're hearing it exactly
1: so yeah i mean we may have to change the name of the segment that's fine but <laughs> i'm gonna miss we'll that music though it's my favorite part <sighs> i may I may have to pull
2: the instrumental there you go okay all right there you go yeah yeah
1: I, we'll, we'll see what we can do with
2: bella tell the
1: people where they can find
2: you uh, you can find me on Twitter, at Bello, And uh, you can, not that I ever plugged my Facebook, but I just want to let you know, I'm not there anymore. I'm a ghost, folks. I ghosted Facebook. Uh, I just, I, I got out. I, it was too much. I got sick of seeing those little red dots on my phone. And now I'm just down to Twitter. So find me over there, at Being Bello.
1: All right. Well, that was Andrew Bello. We're going to go ahead and get into a break, and I will catch you guys on the other side of that.
0: Yo, this is Oversaturated, the podcast. I am Johnny. And I'm Ralph. And we're a bi-weekly podcast where we focus on music, movies, and pop culture.
1: Oh yeah, and we do a lot of Aubrey Bass, and uh, Johnny does a lot of Jay Z hating. Uh, facts. <laughs> we talk about Marvel movies, uh, DCU stuff.
0: I mean, we we recap our favorite shows: Insecure, Power, Atlanta, and shit like that. You know, facts.
1: Fuck with us. Oh yeah, but you know we're on Spotify, I, uh, Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Play, all your major streaming platforms. Facts. And you know, you
2: email us the family. Yes.
3: And we are. All right. right. Yo, 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 yo. What up, everybody? We are back with a petty news report once again. I am School Grady. Thank you all for listening. First and foremost, I want to say Happy Veterans Day to those who have served in our country. Much respect to y'all. Thank you for everything that y'all do and that y'all have done. I feel like they don't do enough for y'all, but from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much and Happy Veterans Day once again. So now that we got that out the way, let's get right into it. Somebody better call LMA and tell her that Jacquees is on the road out here singing her song still, y'all. That's right, y'all. Jacquees was performing at an event. He said, Why not? Let's just go ahead and sing the remix to LMA tripping." You know, that song that everybody likes over LMA except me. LMA, I still love your verse though. I love your song, you know. But Jacquees, man, now nah, you just get very disrespectful now, nah, okay? I don't understand that. Nah. At first, it was cool. You know, you made your own little remix to it. You know, it was nice. I ain't gonna fake it. It was cool. Cool. But now you going on the road performing her song at people events and stuff. Now I just, I just can't get with it. That's like somebody going to your house and putting their feet on your couch with their tennis shoes on. You know what I'm saying? It's just disrespectful. You just don't do that. Now come on, and Now nah, it's time for you to come out with another song. I can tell you that it's time for you to come out with something else because you got to stop trying to move off this song. I understand everybody like it. I understand you getting a lot of hits off social media or whatever. But Jacquees, it's time for you to come out with some music because right now. LMA music probably is better than yours right now I don't know what y'all think Next shout out to Tracy Morgan For receiving the key to Brooklyn Y'all I got the keys the keys the keys The keys well Tracy Morgan got the keys Shout out to him man Especially with everything that he went through You know he was in a car accident And he almost lost his life And still rise above all that And still do positive things out here And still grind you know what I'm saying I just man salute to Tracy Morgan y'all but, there is a but to this though. I'm just trying to figure out how many keys do Brooklyn got? Cause I know they gave the key to, they gave a lot of people the key to Brooklyn now. They gave over 10 people the key to Brooklyn. So I'm just trying to, I just want to understand. I'm not understanding it at all right now. Like how many damn keys they got? But yes, salute to Tracy Morgan, man. Once again, congratulations. But yeah, Brooklyn, y'all gotta slow down on these keys though. Next, Marlon Wayans decided to call it quits with his hair. That's right, y'all. Marlon Wayans is officially ball-headed. And if you looked at the picture, Marlon Wayne's head looked like a damn kneecap. I just, man, that mug Man, that's a sharp head right there. I mean, head look like an elbow. An ashy one, too. Marlon, you need to go get your hair back. You need to go pull a Deion Sanders, man. He, De- if y'all don't know, Deion Sanders was once bald, and he had found the cure to get ways again. That's right. Marlon, get your hair back, man. You look ridiculous. I'm sorry. I understand it's clean, clean bald, but it's clean terrible. I'm sorry. Your head is man. I'm looking at my elbow right now. That's I see Marlon. I see Marlon on my elbow, y'all. And last but not least, the petty question. Now, last week I asked if you was on a boat with your mom and your significant other, your husband or your wife, and the boat was sinking, who would you save, your mom or your significant other? Ugh, this is rough. I gotta be honest. I didn't really want to answer this, but, um, uh, uh, ugh. I'm just gonna jump off the boat. I'm just gonna let them save each other, you know, because I can't do nothing. Can't do a damn thing. I mean, it, it's too rough. It's too much. You know what I'm saying? They, they need to get along anyway, so I'm just gonna go Jump in the water and just, you know, just say goodbye. I mean, that, that's a rough one. I mean, I mean, you got your mom on one hand and you got the person you're married, you know? Oh, man. Yeah. So, um, I didn't mean for this question to be that tough, but I answered it for y'all. But uh, the question of the week is how many people know their significant other passcode to their phone and why? And that is all we have for today. Thank you for listening to the KD News. Continue to follow the Awakened Soul and be cool, y'all.
0: You are now.
3: Rocking with socially unacceptable, socially unacceptable. You are now rocking with socially unacceptable, socially
0: unacceptable.
3: Uh, That was hard. That was kind of dope. That was hard as fuck.
1: All right, so that was Scoop Grady with the Petty News as well as a commercial from Socially Unacceptable. And it's so funny. I I know you heard that it, it may seem like it doesn't tell you much about their actual podcast, but believe me. If you listen to their podcast, if you listen to the show and then come back and listen to that commercial again, you will completely understand why that's like the perfect marketing tool for their for their podcast. By the way, that's Socially Unacceptable. You can find them at the Socially Unacceptable podcast on all major podcasting platforms. I suggest to check them out. They are hilarious. Um, one of the funniest podcasts out there. I'm happy to have them as part of the Berks Media. So definitely go and check them out. But now it's time to get into the main discussion topic of this week's podcast. And that is the, t- the conversation on gun control. So we're going to go over... Few different things there. Uh, but before we do that, we're gonna transition into that with the music, which is James Brown again. Like I, I've I've been using this song for like the last three or four episodes. I'm gonna keep using it because I just enjoy it that much. Um we'll probably get into something new next week, but we're gonna get into the intro music for that right about now. After that, we're gonna discuss gun control. I'll see you guys there. Yeah. So we had the Marvel News discussion with my good friend, the Andrew Bellow. Thank you, Andrew, for coming in. We had a little bit of extra time to devote to that just because of the unpopular opinion not being in this week. But it's time to get into the discussion topic for this week. It's time to get into serious topics and conversation. Um, And what we're going to go to is that the first thing we want to do is that we want to send out um, prayers and well wishes to any of the families and people affected by the shooting in Thousand Oaks. Um, can't say a- enough about how I just I just I want to send my prayers to those families um, and everything going on. But with that, with mass shootings, as we know in this country, every time there's a mass shooting, every time there's a big incident, the conversation turns to gun control. And in this case, um, the new governor uh, Gavin Newsom has you know just elected, but immediately has to deal now with a situation. And Newsom is someone who has uh led previous efforts um for uh, to push background checks that has not officially gone through yet but so he's already dealt with in his political career gun control and California has some of the toughest rules on gun control as is and i think that you know when we start talking about the conversation usually when it when it gets to gun control it's, it kind of just steers to what we need to do um countrywide but this situation happened in in a state that already has pretty Tough gun rules. And Newsom to his credit, um, his comments so far have been um the response is cannot just be prayers and it sure as hell can't be more guns. And Senator Diane Feinstein has said this Congress's great shame is their willingness to give the NRA a outsized voice on how to enact gun safety. So in hearing this, and of course, because of the situation we never have really talked about gun control heavily here at The Awakened Soul. So what we're going to do here is we're going to talk about some of the statistics, some of the laws um, in the US compared to three other countries. And for this, we're going to be using Canada, the United Kingdom, and Japan. So going into that, and then with this, like like we tend to do here at The Awakened Soul, like our focus is, you're not going to get We don't have the answers. So all I'm going to do is present to you the information, present my thoughts on it, and then you guys can disseminate and you can decide yourself on how you feel about it. But we want to keep this conversation going. So after this, if I haven't plugged it enough, theawakensoulpod at gmail.com is where you can get to me. Um, We can have this conversation. You can leave um, any, any voice messages or anything there as well if you want to send them to me and record them there. But then we also have our phone line where you can call and that's 614-547-2039. You can leave your thoughts on the white privilege episode we're going into. You can leave your thoughts on gun control. I I would like to hear this, but let's let's dive into it. So the United States gun homicide is 11.8. So basically 12 per 100,000. While the, U- while the United States only has 5% of the world's population, we own, depending on, on where you pull your stats from, between 35 to 50% of the world's civilian owned guns. So just think about that 5% of the world's population, but upwards of 50% of the world's own civilian owned guns. And just, there's, there's over one gun per every American citizen in this country. And so the gun ownership in the U.S. is really rooted in the Second Amendment. And that Second Amendment states a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms. Federal law here provides the base for gun laws and regulation. But the states and cities can import, and import f- further restrictions or harder restrictions on the gun laws that are federal government states. So that's just a little information about the U.S. Um, again, uh, basically 12 per 100,000 um, is, is the, the gun homicide rate here in the United States. So we're going to go up north to our, our neighbors in Canada and we're going to talk about there. In, in Canada, they're very much like us. The national government sets the gun restrictions that the provinces, territories and municipalities can supplement. 21 percent of total homicides in Canada are caused by gun violence. In 1995, Canada changed their law to require individuals to obtain a license to buy guns and ammunition as well as register all firearms. But in 2012, the requirement to register the restricted guns were dropped. In Canada, firearms are divided into three classes, the non-restricted, the restricted, and the prohibited. So... Canada is very similar to us with their gun law. Um, and you read, I read the statistics. So that's twenty one percent of all homicides, gun homicides in Canada. Um, their restrictions are a little tighter than ours, but th- not much. Gun violence is way less there, though. Um, still very high. So that's Canada. We're gonna go ahead and jump over to the United Kingdom now. Um, United Kingdom, one for every one million person is that. That's that's their their gun homicide rate. In 1997, um, Canada created the Firearms Amendment Act, that's the number two, uh, and after that was enacted, only handguns were still allowed. Yet Canada still has, on average, about 6,500 gun offenses per year, and handguns remain the number one firearm used in crime. So that's the statistics from United Kingdom, which is basically our our partner in everything uh, that we do. Very similar there. Now, we're going to go into the most drastic change uh, in difference from our country and other countries in general, and that is Japan. Japan has the lowest gun homicide rate in the world, and that is one in every 10 million. And where their laws are different are, are that most of all guns in Japan are illegal. Under Japan's firearm and sword law, the only guns that are permitted are shotguns, air guns, and guns with specific research or industrial purposes and for competition. But before any access is granted to those guns, a mental health, a drug test, and a background test must all be completed. The owners of firearms must also inform the authorities of their weapon and ammunition, and provided an annual inspection um, for all firearms. So, in in hearing that and hearing the differences between the country, of course, you hear Japan's and you're like, wow. Um, but where where should we fall at? Where where what should the United States actually do um, differently about gun control? And you hear about the background check, um, in in Japan, and that that initially is one that very much interested me. Um, and so in two thousand and thirteen, um, a bill was actually um attempted to be passed in which, you know, it, it got fifty-four votes, it needed sixty, but it would have required background checks. Twenty-two percent of gun sales in the United States happen without background checks, according to the latest data that I was able to pull. So that that's not an overwhelmingly large margin of, of gun sales that are happening without background checks, but still to have something to have that more of a requirement before a gun sale can even be, would that actually help a lot of the gun crime we we see? Another thing that Japan has that we don't is is the mental the mental health screening um before any guns can be can be purchased as well. Now, when you when you hear about that, you may think that, that that's a bit extreme. But again, I'll say my personal feelings. You guys can say how you feel about it. My personal feeling on that is is no. I, I, I feel. If you're gonna have a gun, something that could take someone's life, I personally feel that you should be submitted to a mental health screening. Now, there's still there gonna be some that fall in the crash. There are gonna be some that may be mentally healthy, fine when they purchase the gun. That doesn't mean they always will be. But at least that's another layer um, that could protect our people, protect other people. So I'm, I'm, I'm for one, am not against that at all. I, I, you will find out in in conversation. I am make gun laws as strict as possible. I understand we have the Second Amendment right. I understand the NRA would, would flip their holy shit. But at the end of the day, it's about saving lives. It's about putting people in the, in the best position. And for those that say, well, I have a gun to help protect me and my family. If there are less guns out there, there's less need for that. At least that, that, and it's still not a perfect world, but at least that's where my mind immediately goes to. The next option that we're going to talk about are red flag laws. And what that is, is that, that that's a proposed approach to give courts more authority to confiscate weapons from people who are considered a threat to themselves and others before 2018 five states had some version of the red flag laws after the high school shooting in parkland florida that number is nearly doubled so the current states that have some version of red flag laws are florida vermont maryland rhode island new jersey delaware massachusetts and illinois and so what that does, that that allows a judge to issue uh, risk protection order that temporarily re- restricts a person from owning a game, a gun, if if the, if they can be convinced that that person is a danger against themselves or others. And then we're going to actually this is the last one we're going to talk about. The last option is um, and this one was presented by by Trump. And that was to encourage teachers with proper training to carry a weapon in order to deter or foil potential mass shootings. And he's actually offered or suggested offering bonus pay for armed educators. And while there's, this is by in no means anywhere widespread, there are some states that do allow schools to authorize staff to carry guns in certain circumstances. This is the one that I feel like is the most problematic, and it's not just because, um, Trump's name is attached to it. But I feel like having guns in school with teachers just opens the door for as much safety as potential problems as we have seen before. Like we've I've when I've been in school, there are situations in which teachers react wrong. Or get scared, I I I I think don't think the answer at all is to bring weapons into our schools. I think the the answer is more so in the controlling of the weapons in the country in general, not just arming our teachers to prepare for mass shootings. I I just think that that's problematic. Let me know what you guys think, but at, with with the stuff that we talked about again. The conversation is always going to go to gun control the time there's a mass shooting. I think that we need to look at the actual statistics and not just have a knee-jerk reaction once there's a mass shooting. There is a problem. There is absolutely a problem with guns in this country, and something needs to be done about it. I, for one, am not against restricting them as much as, as humanly possible. I, I don't give a fuck about the Second Amendment um, when the, the cost of life is what it has been. I I just I, I don't care about your your right to bear arms when there are kids and innocent people being shot because of that right being in, being enacted. That's my personal opinion. I'm not saying that I don't understand that it may be problematic to some. I'm not saying that I don't understand that it's against some some the, the rights that we have as Americans. I understand that. But my opinion is get them the fuck out of here ASAP may be an over, or, or overreaction, but that's just my personal opinion. What do you guys think? That That's the important thing. After hearing the information, if you weren't familiar with how other countries gun controls, I, I would suggest looking to them, not just the three that I presented, but there are, are of course, more and more countries out there and then figure out. And then what what do you want to do about it? Um, so keep in mind, as we as we come out of midterm elections, as we get ready for the next presidential election, um, gun control doesn't need to just be on our hearts and minds after it. Like that, that, that's always going to be problematic. We need to do something before to prevent the next one. So you guys know where to find me. It's, it's at CEO Hayes uh, at the Awakened Soul Pod. You can send me any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, the Soul Pod at gmail.com. Uh, we are preparing again, as I said at the top of the show, for our white privilege episode, which will drop in two to three weeks. It's not the next episode. I want to make that clear. I know there was some confusion there um, because I want to give time for as many people who want their voice on this episode, as many people who want their opinions on the episode to get them into me. So whether it's voicemail, which can be which can be sent at 614-547-2039, whether it's email, theawakensopod at gmail.com, whether it's a Twitter DM. But get your opinion in on this episode. Do you believe exists? Why or why not? What do you view white privilege as? I'm really looking forward to this episode. It's been a while since we've done one. As deep as I'm sure this is going to get. So I'll be looking forward to hearing you guys. Uh, That has been episode 75 of The Awakened Soul. I will see you wonderful and beautiful people next week. Be sure to check out The Breaks Radio, which is the hip-hop radio show I'm a part of. um, Live Fridays, 4 to 6 p.m., Eastern Standard Time, just be there. Come on now, be there, people. You don't want to miss this. You don't want to miss it. For my hip-hop heads, for my music heads, you don't want to miss what we do with the Breaks Radio. Um, And we got really big things coming for the Breaks Media as a company going forward. It's just an exciting time to be involved in what we have going on here, and I couldn't be um, more proud of what we're doing. Shout out to Technical Foul. Shout out to Socially Unacceptable. Shout out to, okay, so listen from Shanice, who's just Her playlist last week was amazing, amazing. Um, New podcast as well. Uh, My good friend JB from the Fear Frequency, my co-host there, has actually launched a new podcast called The Naked Mindset in which it dives deeper into a lot of of the issues we talk about here in The Awakened Soul. The first episode was on the Me Too movement and rape. They actually had a rape victim on that show. It's an amazing, amazing, amazing podcast. Um, So definitely check it out. It's powerful. They have one episode in the book so far, um, but knowing them and knowing the content they want to cover, it's going to be a great, great subscribe and it's going to be worth it. Um, Also, from this past weekend tea time from i'm just saying be sure to check the, uh, that out the ladies from i'm just saying doing the gossip i know that's not everybody's cup of tea but for those that like it it, it, it they do it like i don't think any other podcast and then it's relatively totally quick i don't think any of the episodes go over 30 minutes so it's a nice listen to to get you caught up on the the previous week all right that's it i've done enough plugging for the breaks media um still more podcasts to plug but we'll, we'll get there we'll get there i love each and every one of you guys we're gonna go ahead and say Peace and Sarah. Now I will see you beautiful and lovely people next week. Peace. Suck my dick It all happened and the guy tried to choke her Nigga didn't care, she ain't nothing but a smoker That's the way it goes, that's the name of the gang Young brother getting over by slanging can Go around is making 14K heaven Bitches clocking on his dick
0: 24-7 Plus he's making money, keep the bass heads waiting Rolling 6-4 with the fresh ass date
1: on the 1st and 15th. <laughs> Big water money nothing less than a 20? you
0: want